thought it would be really cool to do a podcast where I talk about a lot of the stuff that I often use in my projects. So most of the stuff I'm going to bring up in this podcast, I use in just about every single project I start. And the first one is, of course, Quasar. The, the amazing thing about Quasar is once I've got it pulled in, I almost don't have to worry about front-end problems anymore. They're all just completely solved for me. Now, obviously, there's very project-specific stuff. So, for example, for the Quasar News website, um, by the way, if you haven't checked that out, go to quasar-news.com. Uh, I built that recently, which is really exciting, and it's got two articles, but there's going to be a lot more to come. Uh, for the Quasar News website, I wanted to have a markdown editor. So obviously for something like that, I brought in um, the Quasar Markdown plugin that Jeff made, which is awesome, by the way, really beautifully built. Um, and he's done some really cool stuff on that lately. Uh, yeah, some other ones are like QCalendar, um, DayJS. These are things that I often bring in, um, especially DayJS, because I, for some reason, tend to do a lot of date-heavy stuff in applications that I build. So stuff like that, but Quasar, for the most part, covers almost everything I need in terms of um, covering my front-end desires. And one thing I want to point out here is that I almost never, in fact, I can't remember a time I've done it in the past three years, I never bring in CSS libraries. Anything to do with display, I use Quasar CSS helpers. And all of these tiny little edge cases, like setting max width and stuff like that, I just use a style tag directly in my HTML. And I think it's wonderful because it's easy to go in there and tweak around with that sort of thing um, when you've got a style tag. So that's kind of like a personal preference of mine. I'd rather never write CSS. I very, very rarely write any CSS. And that's thanks to um, the, the magic of a, of a library like Quasar that does offer quite a lot of really cool utility classes. Now, another thing I lean, I lean on quite heavily is Quasar's uh, utility functions. And I feel like these are a little bit underrated and a little bit underknown. So Quasar has utility functions for things like colors. It's got utility functions for dates. So what I'll do is I'll try and use Quasar's date library to the best of my ability, try and do everything with the date library that Quasar gives us by default because it's beautifully tree shaken. And the idea is you just pluck out what you need and nothing else is actually included in your project. And so... For the most part, I try and use that. Otherwise, once I hit the limits of what that can do, I'll bring in something like DayJS. And the reason I like DayJS in particular is because it's also very tree shakeable. And I know there's a few others out there. I would never use something like Moment.js. Um, so another one I almost always bring in, always, is Lodash.es. So I love Lodash, but it is a massive library if you pull the whole thing in. Never, ever pull the entirety of Lodash into your library, unless it's maybe just the back end, in which case it doesn't really matter as much. Um, but for the front end, I use Lodash ES, which allows me to just pluck out particular Lodash functions. And this is great because there's always data manipulation I have to do on the front end that's a bit complex. You know what it's like. These situations always crop up. And sure, you can try and use... Um, you know, uh, the modern JavaScript to the best of your ability, and I do. But honestly, even for stuff like mapping, I would just usually use Lodash because Lodash has, like, it's got all these little extra things that you don't get with modern JavaScript. So, for example, if I have... um a whole bunch of comments, and I just want to take the titles out of those comments, I can say map and then pass through a string um, of title. So rather than doing a function that returns the title, which admittedly isn't too bad because you've got arrow function syntax and all that, um, with moment with um, with moment JS's map, I can pretty much just pluck out the title by passing through the array and then a string of um, the attributes that I want to pull out. So there's lots of cool little wins I can get like that that I believe make my code a lot code a lot cleaner and just more enjoyable to to write. 
So, yeah. Now, the other thing for the front end, one more thing that I almost always bring in is Vuex ORM. I am obsessed with this library. So, basically, this allows you to do stuff like... um, And it's an object relational map for the front end. So... Uh, if you want to have related and nested data, so for example, user, and then you want to get the comments for that user, and then you want to get um, the author of that comment, all that kind of stuff dealing with nested data, it allows you to do that in a way that makes sense on the front end. Um, and it does some fancy stuff. I won't go into it in this um, in this podcast, but it does some fancy stuff where it sort of pulls your data apart to make sure that things are efficient and that everything stays in sync and is reactive. So I love, 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 love Vuex ORM, one of my all-time favorite libraries. Yeah, so that's the front end. Another thing I love to pull in, and I almost always pull this in, and this is more of a production thing, it's less for local development, and that's Metabase. So what Metabase allows me to do is very easily query my data um, and do more advanced and more interesting queries on my data and also build like dashboards and stuff like that. And it's free. It's super easy to get set up. It's I use a Docker container for Metabase and I basically just connect that to my database job done. It's absolutely wonderful. And it's got this really cool visual editor for doing stuff like joins, filters, group buys, all that fancy stuff, automatically building graphs for you. The, the way I like to think of it is, um, what's that Microsoft one? Uh, okay, I just paused the recording and had to look that up. Uh, Power BI. I like to think of Metabase as sort of a cross between um, MySQL and Power BI. So it doesn't quite give you like that intense power that you get out of Power BI, but you can write raw SQL if you want. You can sort of build queries on queries using Metabase. So it's really wonderful to get like some basic statistics in your application and honestly, even some more advanced statistics in your application. So always bring in Metabase, love it. Now for the backend side of thing, uh, Laravel, I use Laravel on the backend and I usually have to pull in a few extra bits and pieces to get the setup how I like it with Laravel. And to me, that's kind of a testament to the flexibility that Laravel has given you. But I do find that Quasar is a little bit more out of the box with me in terms of the front-end experience. But um, since back-end is kind of like so vast and there's so many different ways to authenticate and do you know all that kind of stuff, um, there are a few extra things that I need to pull in with Laravel. So the first thing I do now is set up Laravel Sale. And Laravel Sale is basically Docker for Laravel. It's absolutely wonderful. And it means that what I can do is I can say, when I start Laravel, uh, when I start my Docker container for Laravel, I also want you to run Laravel Horizon, which basically handles jobs in the background. So I don't have to have an extra terminal open for handling jobs. It also allows me to automatically have a scheduler start running. So I don't need to start up my scheduler or anything like that. I just say, um, sail up and then everything just works. So I love using Laravel Sale for those reasons. And then here's the extra little bits and pieces that I pull in with Laravel. So I pull in Orion. That allows me to build out an API really quickly with Laravel. Absolutely, I love Orion. I've even done um, some video series on Laravel Orion. So if you're using it on the back end and you want to um, build APIs quickly, but also in a really robust way, and allow you, it allows you to do um, a REST API where you can have stuff like includes and filters and all that kind of stuff, um, but it allows you to do that in a safe way. So rather than saying, or the user can just include whatever they want. With Laravel Orion, you can be very specific about the user what the user can include. So anyway, I won't go any deeper into that. Laravel Horizon, which is just wonderful because it allows me to 
uh, keep an eye on my jobs and very easily debug jobs as well. I use um, the Laravel IDE helper. And what that does is I can run my migrations. And when my migrations have run, so when my database is updated, basically, is what I mean by that, um, the IDE helper will automatically have a look at things like the stuff that's been put into my database or the fields for all my models and give me really good IDE um, support based on that. And it also adds stuff for things like helpers. It's, it's just wonderful. Better code completion, basically, uh, for Laravel. Because out of the box, the code completion isn't that great because Laravel does a bit of magic. IDE Helper completely solves that problem for me. Then I use Ray, which really helps for debugging. Because one of the things that I've had trouble with in the past is I always have to die and dump or dump things um, using a PHP application. And rather than doing the advanced like debugging setup and all of that, Ray is basically just an application where I can say, hey, I want to log something out and Ray will log it out in a really nice way, but in a separate application rather than a logs file. So yeah, to me, Ray is, for my purposes, Ray is mostly an alternative to a log file, but you can use it to inspect queries that have been run, um, look at exceptions, all that kind of stuff. So I love Ray. I Now, th the next one is one of my absolute favorites and it's called Tinkerwell. So Tinkerwell basically allows you to write code, like just quick dirty code and then run it um, on the left side of your um, of the Tinkerwell screen. On the right side, it gives you the result. So it's almost like a gateway into your application. So you've, if you've ever used other frame, backend frameworks or even Laravel in the past and you found it difficult to just really quickly test something in your framework, like I just want to, you know, get some get some models or try some code here and just see if it'll work and what i used to do in the past is make a command and you know just run that command and it would enter the application and do everything but tinkerwell just allows me to open a bunch of tabs and oh, i almost think of it as like um you know you know for my sql you could got your editors that allow you to write sql queries and just run them and get a result it's almost like that but for a laravel application so i can quickly just write some queries um and it will show me the results of those queries on the right side and not just queries stuff like you know grabbing data from your models running a job um anything all that kind of stuff is really easy with tinkerwell to me that's kind of bridging the gap between um writing code without tests and then writing code using tests. Tinkerwell kind of fits that place in between really nicely for me. Um, yeah, so I almost never use log files anymore. anymore. With Ray and Tinkerwell, they become almost useless to me um, because they do a better job than log files. They just make it much nicer experience. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much it. Also, I should probably mention that when I set up Laravel Sale, um, oh, I think I already did mention this, but what I do is I run services automatically. So I've got a su two supervisor services, one that um, handles my jobs with Horizon and one that handles my scheduler. And you know, like I said before, this is really, really cool because I don't have to start a whole bunch of terminal windows when I'm, you know, j just to get my jobs running or terminal windows just to get my scheduler running. All I do now when I'm ready to develop is I say sale up dash D so that just starts my backend application. It does everything I need to do to start my backup in uh, yeah, my um my Laravel application, and then I'll say Quasar Dev. Those two commands combined, and I've got everything I need to start developing, which is absolutely magical. So yeah, just thought I'd do a quick podcast on this. Didn't turn out to be that quick. It's over eleven minutes now. <laughs> uh, yeah, and if you like this kind of thing, then check out QuasarComponents.com. It's going to be released very, very soon. Um, actually, I'm moving at the moment, so maybe not super soon. 
you know, because you've got like all the stuff you need to do when you move houses and you think that it's going to be like three or four days, but then it turns out being like three or four weeks of work because you're packing everything and then trying to do your job at the same time during the day. But anyway, I'm going to try and get that out as soon as possible. And you do not want to miss this. You definitely want to be on the mailing list there because this is some of my best work. I'm super excited about this series. So check out quasarcomponents.com. If you want to learn all 72 of Quasar Components, and there's going to be a whole bunch of other goodies I'm going to um, throw into that course as well. So yeah, thanks everybody for listening. And remember, before I go, there is nothing you can't build. Bye for now.